Amen. Have your Bibles turn to Acts chapter 4 tonight. We are doing our uh, series on the, the friends of Paul, those that uh, helped Paul in his ministry, that encouraged Paul. Uh, uh, and Paul readily said that he could not have done what he had done if it had not been for people that helped him to do what he did. And can I say this, this uh, uh, we cannot do what we do if we don't have people that surround us to help us to do what we do. Amen. I, I couldn't preach if I didn't have people around to help me and encourage me and pray for me. Paul is, is telling us that uh, uh, there are some people in his life that he thinks are invaluable, that he thinks they're just uh, 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 irreplaceable in his life. Now, we talked about how he... Uh, Talk about those that forsaked him, those that left him. But he didn't dwell on them. We have a tendency to dwell on the people that hurt us more than the people that encourage us. That's what we do. But Paul says, I'm not going to dwell on the, those that left me. I'm going, to tell, I'm going to let you know about those who stayed with me. And, and when coming and talking about the friends of Paul, uh, there's no way you could deal with the friends of Paul and not deal with this guy here tonight. It would be an absolute disservice to somebody like this man and not deal with him in this series. We have talked about people that I feel that have an indispensable uh, and there are certain points of Paul's ministry. At every point in Paul's ministry, people came by just when Paul needed them. Luke was indispensable at the point of Paul's ministry when he was getting older and feeble in life. Luke was a doctor, he was a physician, he, he needed somebody like Luke in his life, and Luke was there in his life. I never thought about a doctor when I was in my 20s and 30s, and I'm sure Paul never thought about one either. But as you get older, I'm starting to think about doctors a whole lot more. And when you get those aches and pains uh, in your body naturally, when you start getting older, you start thinking about, oh, I need to call the doctor. But Paul went through so much stuff in his life that he was beaten, he was shipwrecked, he was stoned. He, he went all through those things and not just the, the thorn in his flesh. Beyond that, Paul suffered a lot of things in his body and he needed somebody in his life at that point to help him and to encourage him. Then we looked at Priscilla and Aquila. At a middle point of Paul's life, uh, when he was preaching the gospel and, and going uh, wide open, he, he just needs some friends to come along beside him that could be companions in the ministry. He was thankful for Timothy because there was a certain point in, in his life and everybody's life that needs somebody that we can invest into to help and encourage them in their life and their way. There are people in our life that we ought to be thankful for. There's people in my life that I am thankful for that God had placed them in my life when I needed them. I'd have never been here hadn't it been for the people God placed me in my life. But the man that we're looking at tonight is highly instrumental in the beginning of Paul's ministry. Listen to me. If it had not been for this man, you might not have had 14 of the books of the New Testament. You say, well, God would have got it done. You're right, God would have got it done. But listen to me. God uses people to get his work done. You've got to be a willing vessel. 
And even though you are a willing vessel, you need somebody that's going to be right beside you and encourage you. And this man was that in Paul's life at the beginning of his ministry. He, 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 God uses people to get the work done. And this man is so highly instrumental in Paul's life that he's an indispensable part of Paul's ministry. Verse number 36 of Acts number 4. And Joseph, you say, who is Joseph? Well, you know him by his surname, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus. Having land, sold it, and bought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. Thank you for each one of us here. Open our hearts, Lord, and we pray, Lord, you speak to our hearts what we need. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. So we're looking at this character called Barnabas. He, he's mentioned by name 28 times, and he's uh, mentioned by Joseph one time. So he's mentioned many times in the Bible, but Acts 15, he's kind of fades away he fades out because him and Paul had a departure they had a, a strife to come between him but this man makes a huge impact for the gospel because he makes a huge impact in Paul's life Paul is going to do some great things for the scripture and for the gospel and this man makes a big impact in Paul's life has anybody in ever heard of a man called D.L. Moody Raise your hand if you heard of man D.L. Moody. Everybody's heard of D.L. Moody. He, he's responsible for uh, 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 many people getting saved. He, he's a London pastor. Has anybody ever heard the name F.B. Myers? F.B. Myers was sitting in a meeting where D.L. Moody was preaching, and F.B. Myers got saved because D.L. Moody was preaching. Anybody ever heard the name J. Wilbur Chapman? I'm going to start losing people here. J. Wilbur Chapman wrote many books that come into faith, and Chapman influenced uh, uh, some other people, but he was sitting under pre preaching of F.B. Myers. He got saved. And, and when J. B., uh, J. Wilbur Chapman was preaching, somebody got saved under him called Billy Sunday. Anybody ever heard of that name? Well, Billy Sunday was preaching, and he's been a, a credit to, some people said even over a million people came to know the Lord and his ministry because he preached throughout the country. But while he was preaching, there was a guy sitting in his preaching named Mordecai Ham. Mordecai Ham was so moved by the preaching of Billy Sunday that he, he gave his life to the ministry, he gave his life to God, he started walking with God, and he started preaching the gospel. And when he was preaching, he influenced a young man that lives right down the road in Charlotte named Billy Graham. He said, well, and certainly they have a lot of fruit to come out of these great preachers, and certainly they held revivals and they, they have meetings all over the country. Certainly there will be a lot of fruits. But let me just say this. Did anybody ever heard the name of Edward Kimball? Nobody. Do we even know who Edward Kimball is? Let me tell you who he is. And I, I want to go with this, and this is a thought I want to go to try to give this illustration. Edward Kimball was a Sunday school teacher. 
He loved the Lord, but he became very sick. And, and he got a burden for a 17-year-old boy that was working in a shoe shop, and he got a burden for this boy. He went in and told his guy, says, I've got a burden for you. I want to pray for you. I want to help you. And he, what he did, he kept going to him and praying with him, and he led this guy to the Lord. Do you know who that was? D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was not even interested in the church. He was not interested in the gospel until this guy, uh, Edward Kimball, came along and said, I've got a burden for you. And because he had that burden, because he was uh, faithful to keep going and talking with him and witness to him, D.L. Moody got saved. You say, well, uh, uh, that's great. But let me just say this. Every one of you sitting in here right now can influence somebody. And here this man Barnabas. Here, here he is. Uh, listen to this. Somebody may seem insignificant. And no big name. Can make a huge impact, a huge, a huge difference if they can make a huge difference in one life. Huge difference. Barnabas is that man. Barnabas is that Edward Kimball of the book of Acts. He's the man that doesn't have the big name. He doesn't run the big shows. He doesn't have the big meetings. He doesn't do all those things. But Barnabas affects this guy Saul's life in a big way. Who becomes Paul. And now you're here because somebody went and preached the gospel to the Gentiles for the grace of God. And that name is the Apostle Paul. So what are you saying, preacher? If you can't be anything but a Barnabas, for God's sake, for heaven's sake, for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, be a Barnabas for the glory of God. Make a difference in somebody's life. Be somebody that reaches out to other people, that affects somebody, that may not uh, do what you want them to do or are going to do, but they might be something great because you reached out and you brought them the gospel, you led them to Christ. They, they might go on to be great things in God, but you are somebody that God used to reach that person and God allowed you to get in on the fruit at the very beginning of the ministries. Problem is, we as Christians, we invest too much into ourselves. We invest too much in ourselves. If you, if you stop investing so much into yourself, you'll never be a Barnabas. Never be. Barnabas does this over and over and over, always investing into other people. There's one thing that he does. He is not solely investing into himself or his own desires or his own goals. He's always trying to help and invest in other people. At the end of your life, and you stand 
before your Savior. It's not going to matter how, how, how big of a things you've done or how much you invested into this or that and, and you invested in yourself. It doesn't matter how, how big in the things of God you've done. I'd like for this to run for your mind just for a moment, just for a moment. Do you have anybody in your life at this very presence, this present moment that you're investing in for the word of God's sake, for God's sake? Is there anyone? Now, now I'm going to let that sink in just for a moment. I want you to think about it. Is there anyone in your life that you're investing in other than self? at this present moment in your life. Do you have a face? Do you have a name? That person that's in front of you that you're investing in, is anybody you're investing your life into because God showed you something in them? Or is your life basically solely on what can I get? What can I gain? It's all about me. And I'm talking about Barnabas is such a, a fella, such a guy. He's such a friend of Paul. He's investing into something else other than himself. Let me give you a few things about the nature of Barnabas, how he looks, what he looks like, the nature of Barnabas. First of all, his nature was a helpful nature. When we first introduced to the Bible, uh, his name is Joseph. Uh, I will tell you, you can't be a Joseph if you're going to help others. You can't be a Joseph. You know why? Because the name of Joseph means this in the Bible and, carries, and the names in the Bible carries a lot of significance. The name of Joseph means the exalted one. He cannot be somebody that's going to be helping somebody when he's, his name is exalted one. He's lifting himself up. He's always thinking about self. When his parents named him, they were thinking, they probably looked at him, this guy's going to be something. This guy's going to be a big deal. So they named him Joseph thinking, hey, he's going to achieve a lot of things in life. He's going to do great things in his life. And he's had a pretty good life up to now. He had land. The Bible said he had land. He sold it. So he had a pretty good life up to now. He's pretty influential in his life. But if he's going to turn into what he turns into, he can't be the exalted one. Because somebody that is always a, the exalted one, if you're the exalted one in your life, Jesus is not the exalted one in your life. You'll never reach full potential that you should be in your Christian walk up to this point. Joseph's the exalted one in his own eyes, in his own life. But we find the exalted one is about to take a back seat. And you're never going to find the exalted one again in the scriptures. You never find him again. 
We're fixing to see a new man. We're fixing to find a changed man. His name is going to become Barnabas. And what a change that is. It is a change from the exalted one to the son of consolation. Do you realize you can't be a son of consolation if you're not consoling someone besides self? You can't, you, you, so you, the exalted one goes from uh, uh, it's all about me to it's all about others. He makes a change in his life. Where it's all, it's all about Joseph, now it's all about Jesus. And what can I do for the glory of God? He is a son. Whatever he gives, he is encouraging others. He's exhorting others. He's investing in the others. And he's helping others. I tell you this, I would love to be this type of Christian. This type of person. If there's one thing we all should be striving to be, the kind of sister, the kind of brother, is when people see us coming, they don't go, oh, oh. here they come again. Get ready. It's going to be a long time. You don't want to be that kind of person. You don't want to be that kind of brother or sister. I want to be the kind of brother or sister that when somebody sees you come and say, hey, there comes brother so-and-so. There comes sister so-and-so. And they bring refreshment every time they come. Every time I'm around them, they refresh me. They encourage me. And when they leave, they refresh me and I'm being encouraged by them. That's the kind of Christian I want to be. With others on my mind, not self. He's talking about no longer exalting himself. Too many times we talk to people and we get in the throes of depression because they're all about themselves. That's the kind of Christian I don't want to be. You know, Eeyore. Oh, well. It's all gloom and doom. Agony on me. No, no. It shouldn't be that way. We, the sons and daughters of Constellation, is someone that's refreshing the saints, lifting them up and encouraging them. And when you leave, you, they ought to say, what a blessing it was for them to be in my life. Isn't it wonderful that when you leave somebody and, they, and you hear all this, I'm sure glad they came by. He, he's got a helpful nature, and that's, that's the kind of nature we all need to have, is a helpful nature. And that's Barnabas, he's got a helpful nature. And you know how you get that helpful nature? You got to get self out of the way. Self has got to be removed. Because no one has ever encouraged anyone else by all they're talking about is themselves. When all you speak about is woe is me, woe is me, I do this, I do that. You can never encourage somebody when you all focus on self. You need to start focusing on others. 
to help refresh them. Verse 36 is surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of constellation. A Levite. You know what that means? He is part of the priesthood tribe. I see no one giving to him. I, 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 I don't see anyone coming and confessing to him. You know, he's the priest tribe. But you know, you see in the New Testament, there is no priest tribe anymore. In the New Testament, every born again child of God is a priest. There ain't no exalted one except Jesus Christ. There's the, the lot of preachers today, listen to me, there are a lot of preachers today uh, that take charge and want to be in charge of everything. And it's all about them and it's all about what I can get and all what I can do. Let me just say that that's the wrong kind of thing to be. They're setting themselves up. They're setting them palaces up. There are some of them out there I think they're little popes running around here. We got them. They exalted themselves above everybody else. Amen. Look how he finds Paul. Look at Acts chapter 9. Turn to Acts chapter 9. Keep your Bibles open. We're going to be open. We're going to go through this Bible pretty quick in Acts. Look how he finds Paul. They're persecuting. Paul, Paul just got saved. They're persecuting him. He's been let down by the wall in a basket. He has to run for his life. He's just a few years, uh, years that Paul has been saved. He's a young Christian. He has not joined up with the church. But Acts 9, verse 26, And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he astray to join himself. That means he tried to join himself with the church to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. And believe not that he was the disciple. I mean, come on. Remember, Paul had a reputation. Paul, people knew exactly what Paul did. Paul, they, that name, Saul, brought fear into people's hearts. Verse 27, but Barnabas took him and brought him. Look, how he, look what Barnabas is. Barnabas is that, I want to help you. I want to help encourage you. He, he took him in and brought him into the apostles and declared unto him, Now he hath seen the Lord in the way, and that he has been spoken to him, and how he, he did preach boldly in Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was, was with them, coming in and going out of Jerusalem, and he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus. You know what Paul is going to turn out to be? He's going to be the one that turned out to write all the books of the Bible, the New Testament just about. But here in his early Christian life, his early Christian walk, he's about to get off to a false start. Doesn't look good for Paul. It doesn't look right off the bat he's getting ready to get thrown out. He's trying to get to the church of Jerusalem. The oracles was given at the church and Jews and he had to get the stamp of, the ministry, of his ministry approved for the Lord sent him out to Jerusalem. God's going to move and on, from Jerusalem at, from this point on, God is going to use him 
in the church. And he's trying to get into the church. And the church is saying, heck no, Paul, we know who you are. They're, they're saying, hey, he killed my mama. He killed my daddy. I've got friends that he strung up. I, I don't want him in here. You murdered, you tortured those people. He had a reputation. Don't let him in. He's a double agent. He just wants to get infiltrated into us, and he wants to set us up. Barnabas, there's something about this guy. Barnabas looked at him and says, I, I see something in this guy that nobody else sees. Barnabas sees that the, uh, the diamond in the rut. Barnabas listens to this guy. He's not the great apostle now. He's still a young Christian. But Barnabas looks and listens and said, there is something different about this guy. He's not the same as he used to be. God is going to do something with this guy. So you know what Barnabas does? He puts himself on the line. He puts himself on the line. He takes him into the disciples and he stands there with him and says, Hey, this guy, I've seen what he's done. I've heard him preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is a changed man. Don't you think he ain't saying, Wait a minute, I could be in trouble if this doesn't work out. He's putting his neck on the line. He said he's clean, he's living clean, he's walking clean. And he is sincere about what he's saying. And I believe God's going to do something in his life. There might be somebody in your life that you could see God moving in their life. And you could see it. Nobody else might not see it. And they just need somebody to stand beside them and encourage them. Look at Acts chapter 11. Verse number 11. See, behold, immediately there were three men already come to mid-house where I was sent from Caesarea unto me. In verse 22, then tidings of these things which come unto the ears of the church, which in Jerusalem they sent for, they sent forth for Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. Verse 18, it said, God had granted repentance to the Gentiles. Do you know what's happening at Antioch? It's the first place where they call Christians. You know what's going on there? It is a Gentile revival. People are getting saved. God is moving. You know who the apostle to the Gentile is? That's Paul. He comes to help these people. He gets in the door with the Gentiles. Verse 25. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus to seek Paul. He said, you know what? Paul, there's something going on down in Antioch. And you really need to get in on that. There's something going on. And when he found him, he brought him unto the Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught. Barnabas said, hey, Saul, 
there is something going on at Antioch and you need to get down there, get involved, that people can see there's something different about you. One of the greatest things you ever can do is for people that when you have a great service, you go out the door and you invite them, say, hey, you ought to come and see what God is doing. Come and see what God is doing in my life. See what God is doing in our church. You ain't invite them in, get them in, encourage them to come in and see what God is doing. You ain't seen nothing like it. I'm telling you, God moved, and I'm, I, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm excited about it. I, I'm glad about it. You ought to just come and get beside me and watch what God can do. He's always helping others. Can I, let me say this. Because he's always helping others, is the reason why him and Paul split. This guy that he invested so much into, this guy, and he went and got him, he went and got him twice to bring him in. He went and got him twice to bring him in. So what caused the fallout? Is it that he'd done, he done with Paul, he was trying to get into something else? Oh, Acts 15. Acts 15. Verse 36. I, I want you to get this. And, and I got some stuff I want to say about this. Some of y'all sitting right here now really need to hear this. It's, it's needful. It's needful. Verse 36, some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brothers in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. They want to go back and see what's going on. Barnabas is determined to take with him John Mark, John whose surname is Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them and departed from there, from Pamphylia, and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder, one from the other. So Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brothers into the great grace of God. And he went through Syria and Sicily, confirming the churches. We find that Mark is Barnabas' nephew. We see that John Mark messed up. He messed up. They don't know, we'll say why, but they was in a meeting earlier. They go back earlier, 13, chapter 13. They were in a meeting at the meeting, and things were getting hot. Things were going on, and Mark just decided to quit. He went back home. But he repented. But he repented. Let me say this. Before anybody get into this modern-day thinking Restoration requires repentance. The reason why they restored John Mark is because he repented. The problem with a lot of people today is they're trying to restore people who have not repented, don't want to repent. Restoration requires repentance. So John Mark has repented. And Barnabas said, I I know the boy. He's gotten right. He messed up. 
He wants to go with us. But you know, Paul has forgotten that there was a time in his life people didn't like him. People didn't want Paul to come around either. They didn't have anything to do with him. He forgot Acts chapter 9. The church said, no, you're not joining up with us because we know your past, Paul. He is holding Mark's past against him of which he had repented of. He said, I messed up, but I ain't like that no more. But Paul had forgotten when they didn't want anything to do with him Someone had to stand up for him. Can I tell you tonight, don't ever get to the place in your life. Someone took a chance on you. One time in your Christian walk, someone stood up for you. Somebody looked at you and you had been saved, hadn't been saved very long, and didn't look like much, but somebody saw something in you and said, I thank God for you. I thank God he looks past our past and see our future. Some of us still have rough edges around us that just needs to be knocked off. And they are willing to take a chance on you. But God, thank God he looks past who we are. And thank God there are some Christians that say, hey, hey, I know what they said about you, but I see something in your heart, and it's you, and I want you to do something for God. I, I want, I'm willing to try to get you to Jesus. I, I thank God for men that in my life that said, hey, I'm going to pull you in. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to let you walk with me. I thank God for some Barnabases in my life. I've had preachers tell me, you can't preach. I told them, you're right, I can't. I, I cannot. I don't take credit for anything. Paul was wrong about Mark. In fact, you go look at 2 Timothy, you don't have to turn there. He was getting to the end of his life. He knows the end was coming. He said, bring Mark, for he is profitable to me. For the ministry. Do you, do you all know who this John Mark is? Y'all know who he is? He's Barnabas' nephew. But he also wrote the second book of the gospel. Mark. This is who this guy is. The one Paul said, hey, I don't want nothing to do with you. You messed up and I, I'm going to turn my back on you and walk away. Let me tell you, how many people in here have messed up and messed up and messed up and yet somebody says, I see something good in you. I'm not going to turn my back on you. I'm going to keep praying for you. Paul admitted he, he's wrong. He says, you, you know, Mark was profitable for me and the ministry. He was wrong about him. Thank God for somebody who's willing to take a chance. Thank God willing somebody's willing to take a chance. Amen. Here's the place you got to get to. Here's the place you got to get to. You got to get discernment in dealing with people. 
Some people can be restored because they want to be restored. Some people can't because they just don't want to be. And you've got to learn the difference between a Simon Peter and a Judas Iscariot. Simon, you can restore. Judas, you've got to release. Simon had a bad day. He denied the Lord a cock crow three times. Simon had a bad day. Judas had a bad heart. Learn the difference. Barnabas had enough discernment to realize which one he needed to hang on to. We need to learn which one we need to hang on to. I see they have a desire. I see they want to serve God. And learn to release the ones that you need to release in your life. Because let me say this. If you hold on to somebody that don't want to be restored, don't want to repent, they will drag you down. They will drag you down. We see his humble nature. Barnabas has been saved longer than Paul. In fact, he's older physically than Paul. And everywhere in the Bible that you find Paul and Barnabas early in their life and their ministry together, it was always Barnabas and Saul, Barnabas and Saul, Barnabas and Saul. But something happened in chapter 13. Up to there where you find Barnabas and Saul, it was the last time in that order. In verse 13, in chapter 13, it said, Now when Paul and his company, something changed. No longer is Barnabas following Saul, or Saul is following Barnabas. Now Barnabas is following Paul. From verse 36, 46 on, then Paul and Barnabas. Now Paul is first mentioned all the time. You know what happened? To most Baptists at this point, they'd have been blown out, been upset. At the point in this ministry, he had stepped back and let Paul take the front seat. He ain't jealous about it. At some point, he steps back just because he saw something in Paul's life and said, I'm willing to be second guy just as long as I still can get on what God is doing around him. God, give us more people in the ministry saying, God, I don't want to be number one. I'll be number two just as long as I can get in on what you're doing around here. We need more people like that in the ministry every day. Can I say there's no position of authority in this church? Amen. Drive. Cut. There's no position of authority in this church, but buddy, we got plenty of positions of service. And if you want to do something, let us know. We'll find you something to do. Amen. Look at Galatians 
chapter 2. Talking about this guy, talking about his, the nature, the nature this guy has. It, it should be our nature. We should strive to be like Barnabas and just his nature is helpful, caring, is uplifting, encouraging. There is also a harmful nature to Barnabas' side. There's something that can be, be a harmful if you're not careful. Because you want to help, because you want to, you so you want to give and encourage, but you got to be careful in your desires to help others people. You have a true desire. I want to help people, yes. But be careful while you're trying to help people. Listen to be careful while you're trying to help people because they don't want to, you don't want to get caught up in some business you have no business getting caught up into. Amen. I've had to learn that a few times. Galatians 2, verse number 11. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. For before, before that certain came to James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they came to, were to get come, where they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them that which were of the circumcision and the other Jews dissembled likewise with him in so much that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation you, you see Peter gets carried away about the fear of men he, he gets messed up in this new uh, Jew and this Gentile uh, stuff. He, instead of understanding the Jews and the Gentiles is one body of Christ. And I'm sure Barnabas is wanting to help, and I'm sure Barnabas is wanting to encourage. I, I want to be a blessing. I'm trying to help this guy. But he gets pulled into something that he had no business getting into in the first place. Why? Because he wanted to help. Thank God we have people that want to help, that have a desire to help. But you got to be careful in your desires and trying to help someone. Don't get pulled into some dissimulation trying to help and you get caught up in something you have definitely no business getting caught up into. Amen. I don't think that's sneaking in. Let me give you an illustration. You in church, your brother or sister, it could go either way, and they look at you. You go up and say, brother, I'm praying for you. Is there something wrong? Well, since you asked, and they go on for 10, 15, 20 minutes talking about somebody else in church. Yeah. 
And, and you, you don't want to get dragged up into that. You don't want to be caught up because somebody else talking about to have a rift between somebody else. You don't want to get caught up in that. You've got to be careful in how you want to help you. So there's got to be a point that's talking like that. Say, hold up, brother. I'll just pray about it. Because if you don't, listen to me, if you don't stop it, when it gets back to somebody else, you're going to be caught up in it that you were one of those that were talking about that too. Amen. I'm telling you. There, there's the helpful, the, you need to be helpful. And I pray God that we got people that, that likes to help and they want to be. But you need to be careful on how you help because it can be harmful in your helping others if they drag you into business that you have no business being in. Amen. I hope that sinks in good. I really do. Because it ain't nothing worse than seeing people get caught up in business and stuff of other people's business. Amen? You shouldn't do it. And all, and all you can say, well, I was trying to help. I was really trying. I was trying to be a, I was trying to be a Barnabas. Well, he got caught up in something he shouldn't have been caught up in too, didn't he? See, it works that way. You really don't need to get caught up into something, pulled into something, anchored in something because you're trying to help. He also has a hang in there nature. Colossians chapter 4, verse 10. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, slew you and received him. What, what we just read, read there is 20 years after Paul and Barnabas broke up. Yet Paul is still mentioned that Barnabas is still living for God. Yeah, him and Paul might have had, might have had a rip and they separated. But it shows you what was in Barnabas' heart. He was still living for God. He was still walking with Jesus. He was hanging in there. He just wanted to keep serving God. I will tell you this, this church or any other church could use a house full of women and men. Young men, young women that will be sons of consolation reaching out trying to get a hold of some people that have a desire to live for God. But they don't know how. There's plenty of people you can come in contact with that want to serve God, love to serve God, but just don't know how. That's the person you need to pull up beside you. Say, I'm going to be your Barnabas. Let me show you how to serve God. Let me show you how to walk with God. I pray that God give us more Barnabases in the churches that want to be helpful, that want to reach out to people that's in desire, that needs. We need more of those today in our church. Amen. You want to be a Barnabas? You desire to be a Barnabas? You got to get rid of self. You got to get rid of self. Self has to take a back seat. And let me say it this way. Self has to take a back seat in anything you do for God. 
anything. Because if self gets before you, then God is no longer before you. So self needs to be back seat all the time. Amen. If you want to be a Barnabas, and I deserve to be a Barnabas, and you desire to be a Barnabas, we've got to learn to put self behind us and reach out to others. Be that type of person that's wanting encouraging people, helping people, reaching out to people. And we need that. Amen.